This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Hello, feline friends. This is Michelle Fern, your host on Catitude. I am such a fan of the organization of which my next guest is a part of, and I'm so excited to introduce them to you. We're going to be right back. So now I've got this pack of four Sharpay rescue dogs for, oh my goodness, probably five, six years. They get a regular diet of Dynavite with every meal. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E.com. People remark on what beautiful coats they've got. I tell them, you don't need to wait until a problem presents itself. It's far better to keep the dog happy and healthy at all times. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. I get my Dynavite from D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back, everyone. I'd like to introduce Lisa Lange. She is the Senior VP of Communications for PETA, which is People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals. Welcome, Lisa. Thank you so much for having me on, Michelle. I am so excited. I am so aware of PETA. I, this is your, what, 40th anniversary? This is, yes. It's, uh, it's an interesting year to have a 40th anniversary, but it is our 40th anniversary. Yeah, and for everyone listening, this is, um, we're recording you know, mid-year 2020. It's been an interesting year for, for a lot of things. But PETA's, I think they're the voice of animals because you know animals don't really have a voice and they do so much for animals. But today we're going to talk about something, and this has been an ongoing topic of mine on um, catitude because it's near and dear to my heart. And I, you know, interesting to have your take on it from you know Peter's angle. But let's talk about what people can do to stop euthanizing all of these cats. Dogs also, but we're catitude, so we're going to stick with cats. Why is it more important than ever for people to focus on, you know, adopting from shelters, possible avoid the breeders, avoid the pet stores, especially during these times with COVID and this crazy year that we're having? Yeah, well, you know, it was a crisis before the pandemic, and it, it's been made worse by the closing of animal shelters. And it's especially bad for cats. You know, a lot of cats are tossed outdoors and live on the streets and are left to breed and have litter after litter after litter. And there's no place for these animals to go. One spay-neuter surgery stops an awful lot of suffering. You know, the saying goes, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. And that couldn't be more true when it comes to the animal overpopulation crisis. With COVID, you know, we already had very full animal shelters. And so had we paid more attention to prevention through spay-neuter, that means doing away with the births of animals who don't have good homes to go into, we wouldn't be in a worse situation we're in now. The thing to remember, though, is it's easy to solve. We just have to really focus on the answer, and that's spaying and neutering, i.e. prevention. You know, you said now more than ever with COVID that the animal shelters are full. Do you think 
people have had issues with you know, maybe unemployment where they brought their you know pets to animal shelters or they're not adopting as frequently. What are some of the reasons you're thinking behind this that they're so full right now? And I know it's kitten season, so that makes it even harder right now. Right, right. Okay, so it's, it seems like all year is kitten season now because there's so many outdoor cats, but it is true. There is an uptick during the spring of births of cats and births of kittens. Yes, yeah, so the shelters are very worried and starting to see that with people out of work, they're giving up their animals. And they're one of the wonderful things we've seen is a lot of people have stepped forward to foster animals. But of course, as things open up and people go back to work, they're unable to foster animals as much because they just don't have the time anymore. So as long as animals are breeding, which they are, and people are buying from breeders and pet stores, we're contributing to the overpopulation crisis. And it's just so easy to do away with by not only spaying and neutering your own animal, but put pressure on your local politicians to pass ordinances that require every dog and cat to be spayed or neutered and that that ordinance be enforced. Okay, speaking of that ordinance, what states, because that I think is state regulated, if I'm correct, right? Well, it's, you know, it's more city by city and Uh, that makes it easier. Yeah, that makes it easier for citizens because it's a lot easier to talk to your city council members and your mayor than it is to get in touch with state officials. Not to say you shouldn't push on a state level as well, but it is easier to go city by city. And that's what we have found. That's where the strongest initiatives are pushed through. And what city do you think has done a great job of of this that for listeners, they can look up and say, wow, you know, this city's done a great job. I need to do this for my city. Oh, gosh. You know, there are so many cities that have done it around the country. I think Santa Cruz, California, I live in Los Angeles. And so we have a really great spay-neuter ordinance here. We passed it in 2008. Um, the problem with it is that the city hasn't spent enough time enforcing it. And so PETA has been working with the city of Los Angeles to really push through initiatives that will, you know, facilitate enforcing it. For example, you want to make spay-neuter vouchers available to everybody. And for the longest time, they didn't have them online here. So we pushed and LA Animal Services finally put the spay-neuter vouchers up online And what that does is it allows people who are on the lower income spectrum to get a reduced cost when they spay, neuter, or free. We also work with the city to start introducing uh, subsidies. So until COVID happened, two months out of the year, the city paid for 100% spay, neuter surgeries for cats, recognizing that the crisis is so much worse for cats. So you know, those are the things that your cities can do. I mean, right away, you know, remembering too that, yes, we know that cities are facing financial crises because of COVID. But if they sink money into prevention, i.e. subsidizing spay-neuter surgeries in the long run, it's going to cost the city less because there are less expenses for housing animals, homeless animals, less animal, fewer animal control expenses because with fewer animals on the street, you need, you have fewer calls to respond to and so on and so forth. Okay, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back and talk about more about what happens when you don't spay and neuter for those that think, hmm, do I really need to do that? We'll be right back. Molly, here's your dinner. (coughs) Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. 
The cat tree tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your cat tree tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back, everyone. We're talking to Lisa Lange, and she's with PETA. And we're talking about spaying and neutering your cats and, and dogs, if you have them, and why it's so important. And... You were just talking about city ordinances, what people can do. What about those people that think, well, you know, there's just um, a cat outdoors that I feed or, you know, I have my indoor cat. Is it really necessary? How fast, because I experienced this and it's amazing for people that don't think it's a problem. You know, maybe they're just feeding a couple of cats in the neighborhood. How fast does the population expand for cats? Just maybe during a kitten season, how many litters can a cat have? Oh, gosh. They can have, in kitten season, I believe cats can have a couple of litters. I mean, again, I said earlier, there's not really a kitten season anymore, at least where I am. Like, in, I'm in Los Angeles, and so the weather basically stays the same all year long. And cats are outdoors at record numbers, so they can have several litters a year. And remember, each litter can be anywhere from four to eight cats. That's going to be more breeding cats on the street. I mean, it is unbelievable how quickly they can breed. One cat outdoors is a danger and is also in danger. You know, there's so many things that can happen to cats outdoors from getting hit by cars to getting hurt by people who are angry because, for example, they may have bird feeders in their front yard and they don't like cats coming and killing birds, which they do by the tens of millions every year. So, you know, we urge people to be responsible, keep your cats indoors. And even if you have an indoor cat, it is crucial that you stay or neuter them. It's better for their health, first of all. They're not going to be yowling and trying to get out. And sometimes, even under the best of circumstances, our cats will will run out. If you prop the door open for just one second too long, they could run out. And once they breed, once they have that one litter, if you're not responsible, those cats go out and breed and so on and so forth. And we just we just have to stop it. And it's easy to stop. Well, I had my own experience and that was on a way earlier um, episode of Catitude. And I was shocked at how fast there was a cat that was in the neighborhood and she had one kitten. Then she was pregnant. And before I could even our vouchers local are paid for, but I you know, made plans to get her fixed before I could even get her fixed. She was pregnant again. So it's yeah. and and some of the TNR cats, you know, trap and release, you know, kind of community feral cats are really hard to to catch. And I had to hire a cat trapper, which I had never heard of before. So where can people find information if, you know, say they're feeding a few cats and they're thinking, wow, I should really do something. But where do I turn? 
Yeah, the number one thing you can do is turn to your local animal control or humane society, you know, and see what they do. Often, they'll loan you traps for cats in your area. So that's one thing you can do. If they don't happen to have the traps, uh, you can look online and order them yourself. But it is key. I, I think, you know, what we say at PETA is never be silent, never, ever be silent. And that also means just never turn away from an animal in need. If you see a homeless cat, do what you can to get them off the street and into a shelter where they have a chance at getting a home. Because every shelter, every responsible shelter, and that's pretty much all of them, especially if they're city run, they won't adopt out animals until they're spayed or neutered. They spay or neuter every animal before adoption. So they'll nip it in the bud there. The other really key thing to do to make sure that in your city, if you're listening to this, make sure that your local animal control ordinance includes a licensing differential. And that means, you know, oftentimes they don't require that cats be licensed. We prefer that cats be licensed for this reason. And that is if you want to have a dog or a cat, a cat, well, this mostly applies to dogs, but you have to get them licensed. It's required. A licensing fee for a dog who is unneutered should be several hundred dollars more than for a neutered animal. So it should cost people. It should hurt them in their pocketbook if they're not spaying and neutering their animals. And that's what the licensing differential is set up to do, which is a really great thing. That's a great point because also I know that a lot of the fees from licensing go to fund some of the state-funded shelters. But in a lot of places, it's not that much of a difference. It's maybe, you know, a, a license might be 25, 30 bucks. And if the animal's not fixed, it might only be just double. So it doesn't hurt their pocketbook as much. But that's a great point because it kind of, I guess, hits you where it hurts. So it's more incentive to spay and neuter your pet. Right. And it's also, it's important that cities fine people for not doing it, you know, and, you know, if you have a spay-neuter ordinance, it's only as good as it is enforced. And going door to door with volunteer programs or having animal control agencies actually hire people as they've done in Los Angeles, going door to door and just saying, hey, can we help you out? Did you know that we have free spay-neuter or that low-cost spay-neuter? And that's something that PETA does is that we have a whole website dedicated to, you know, letting Los Angelinos know that there are tons of clinics in the area that will do low cost and sometimes free spay neuter. So you give people the information. We have to make it easy for people. People have a lot going on in their lives. They've got a lot of distractions. They've got families, they've got work. It is incumbent upon city governments to let people know exactly where they can do this for low cost because most of the humane societies and animal control agencies have access to these cheaper and free low-cost spay-neuter clinics. It's just a matter of making the appointment, going in and doing it. It's super easy. It's never been easier than it is today. That is great information. And also, there's a lot of local vets that have special times that will they'll spay and neuter at super low cost as well. Lisa, before we go, tell people a little bit about what PETA does. I'm, most people are probably familiar, but in case there's some that aren't, what's PETA all about? Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, we, you know, we take on animal abuse on large scale. So we take on the meat industry, for example, which has been in the news a lot because of COVID. We urge people to go vegan. We urge people to do things in their lives that's going to help do away with animal abuse. So never buy cosmetics that were tested by blinding rabbits. And we keep a beautifully long list of cosmetic and household product companies online that are cruelty-free. 
we urge people to adhere to a vegan diet. Don't eat any part of the animal and don't wear any part of the animal. The idea, of course, is that, you know, their flesh and their skin is theirs. And so anything we eat that's made from an animal product or we wear that's leather or wool comes from an animal and was stolen from an animal. We also have a very strong campaign against animal testing across the board, not just for cosmetics, but we realize that tens of millions of animals are killed in this country alone every year. And COVID has been interesting because they've had to kill, a number of laboratories have killed animals in labs for tests that were deemed non-essential. And of course, our question is, if it was non-essential, why were you doing it in the first place? And of course, we are uh, we fight against things like SeaWorld and circuses that keep animals at, at uh, SeaWorld in small concrete tanks. These orcas and dolphins and beluga whales and seals are forced to just live in tiny spaces, swimming en- in endless circles for entertainment, and it's just horrifying. The thing is that all of the things that PETA is fighting against doesn't take anyone any energy or money or time to help us with. Going vegan just means you just switch over to another diet. A lot of what animal rights is, is asking, it's it's what you're not doing. We ask people to not go to the circus. Just decide today that you're not going to. It doesn't take any money, doesn't take any extra time. It's just easy to do. And we ask people to understand that animals are deserving of equal consideration based on their needs. So my cats need a warm place to sit, good food, their cat litter changed and scoop several times a day, that's all they need and a lot of love. And so just considering every animal in what we do, and it's it's just really easy. It's never been easier, for example, to go vegan. Oh, it's so easy these days. I've been vegetarian slash vegan at times, but for years. And back then there weren't all these soy products like they are. There's so many plant-based choices now that it's just, like you said, it's so easy. It's seamless. Make a step a couple days a week no meat and then go from there you know slowly it makes a difference it really really does yeah just make a step now where can people find out more it's PETA.org and it's all there we have a great search engine so whatever you're looking for hopefully you'll be able to find it on our website okay wonderful thank you so much Lisa for coming on Catitude and telling us all about PETA and um, all this great information you're a, it's a wonderful organization and I thank you for your time and for being on Catitude thank you so much it's been fun that was a really interesting interview and PETA has been around a long time um, happy anniversary it's their 40th year and they have a wealth of information on you know, the treatment of animals and, and, um, you know, if you want to just take steps to change your lifestyle a little bit and become more of an advocate for the animals, you can go to PETA.org. So I want to thank my guest, Lisa Lange from PETA for coming on Catitude. Thanks to my cat crew for making me um, a good pet parent and all of them are fixed, which uh, wasn't always an easy task to do, but um, I did it, you know, got to take the steps. And also I want to encourage people to, if you're really at loss, check into some, you know, your neighborhood, ask some of your neighbors, there's um, neighborhood type apps you can check into. That's how I found my cat catcher. So, because that's what I had to do for Sammy. So everything you do, all the little stuff, steps you make makes a big difference. So thanks to my cat crew for making me keep staying on my toes. And uh, thanks to everyone listening to Catitude. I know we've discussed 
you know, spay and neuter so many times, but it's, it's important. It is so important. It's near and dear to my heart and we got to keep it out there because there's so many cats that are euthanized every year and there are ways to minimize it and hopefully one day prevent, just have it go to zero. Thanks to my producer, Mark Winter, for making me and my guests sound wonderful. And again, thanks to everyone listening. We have so many great shows coming up, so stay tuned. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.